Taking a reference from the movie The Dark Knight, there's a part in the movie where Bruce Wayne realizes that he has to burn down the forest metaphorically after Alfred tells him a story. What is it like for a man to encounter a situation where he has to metaphorically burn down the forest? We're going to discuss that. And then we're going to talk about how to make your finances recession, depression, pandemic proof. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to Twitter. Follow us at Hanging With Apes. Go on over to our website. That's HangingWithApes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. So... We're, we're going to start, as the, com- as the country starts to open up, we ourselves are going to start to back out of the COVID-19 topic because we've been covering it for weeks on end. Obviously, the situation isn't over, but we want to back out of it a little bit. Um, as more pertinent information comes out, you know, we'll, we'll put it out there. And if we feel other episodes are worth doing complete episodes on it we will do it but as of right now i think it's good for us to start to back out of it a little bit so but before we do actually uh uh-huh we've echoed our sentiments we've echoed some of the some of the points that people have been making and we've kind of had our ideas of what was done right and what was done wrong so if you do get a chance check out crenshaw on the Bill Maher show, that was Dan, actually Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty, pretty good, uh, really good debate. Actually, I think it was the best slice and dice that I've seen thus far in 2020. And I thought you brought up a very good point as we were watching the video in terms of how Bill Maher was unable to pivot because he didn't have his audience with him. Yes, I, I didn't catch that at first, but that was a very solid observation on your part. Um, but yeah, so, but it's like little stuff like that, that it is related to the COVID-19 because the whole debate is about how Trump handled the the, the COVID-19 situation, but it's not, it's a few levels removed from the situation. Because I would say these particular topics that we're talking about today, they are distantly related to the situation but not as much as the initial episodes about the COVID-19. Yeah. So out of the two topics that we're going to cover today, which one do you want to delve into first? Burning down the forest metaphorically. Do not start fucking wildfires and forests, please for the <laughs> love of God. Or do you want to talk about um uh, finances in in times of uncertainty. Let, let's let's burn down the forest, and then we'll talk about the aftermath, which is the finances. Well, I think I think finances and the plans. We're very good at kind of giving pointers at and, and mapping that out. 
So it's like Armageddon, and then this is what you do to get out. (laughs) So kicking it off uh, this particular segment, I would like to start it with a very, what's going to be a very botched quote from my father, but he has always echoed this. And what he has said to me before is how there's nothing more dangerous than when you give a man time to think. Yeah. And throughout the course of our lives, in different situations and scenarios that we have been presented, we have seen that even as boys, it's like, damn, I really have to outsmart my way out of this. Yes. Yes. Growing up, and uh, and I, it's funny because we were talking about this before about a week ago. Um, this time I don't know. Some about this time has has got gotten me watching like a lot of like mob movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that you watched Road to Perdition and and yeah. some, and The Godfather, right? Yeah, The Godfather, Recently. Killing Them Softly. You know, I've rewatched the uh, The Irishman. Um, and one thing I, I love about those movies, and one thing uh, that it all reminded me of, was when the first time that I ever watched The Godfather, my mind was blown. And Whose it was, wasn't? Yeah, yeah. And it's but but see, what's more interesting about us being blown away is it's like the era, you know what I mean? Like it was during the time. It obviously it's a masterpiece, and if you haven't watched The Godfather movies, you should. Um, but just being, you know, what I was like, I was a teen. I don't remember exactly what age group. Um, but I just remember like, damn, this is like these, I love how Michael Corleone operates and partly because I guess you watch the movie and you realize right away that he's not of that world. He was shielded from being part of that world. Yeah. And then he was dragged in. I mean, as life would have it, when we all know, like, sometimes you get thrown in situations, like you said, that where you have to kind of outsmart. Interesting word you use, shielded. Would you say he was shielded from it, or would you say that he was just allowed to pursue a different path? Because I don't don't know, and I might be wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... I don't know if there's ever any indicator in any of the movies that he wanted to be a part of it, but was just like shielded from it. It just seemed like he was just given like his own choice. Like you can, but if you don't want to, and then he went to the military and everything. I don't think it was like pushed upon him to join the military. Yeah. Oh no. And, And actually we, I would even, I would even. I, I now that I think about it, there is evidence to substantiate my claim because at the end of two, I want to say, after Pearl Harbor, that's why he joins the military and his brother gets like like criticizes him. Oh, his brother, Sonny. Oh yeah. So at the end, uh, at the end of two, you see them at a table. Yeah. With the cast from one. And he talks about how he he's yes. like I joined he's like I joined 
the the military today. I forgot what branch. And then his son, he was like, what? And then he's like, you would do that for, for, for people that ain't even your family, this and that. And like, yes. and then, yeah. because now that I think about it, it's actually probably one of, if not my favorite scene of the whole series, because you could yeah, see right. that. And I know we're digressing a little bit, but the movie is so great and there's just so much to talk about. But you could see that he wasn't as much of a family person as yes. like the rest of his family. He I think was his actually, dad knew that too. He was actually yeah. a little bit more like macro worldview. Yes. Like the world is bigger. And I think that's the thing that his dad respected about him so much yeah. is that like you are a little bit bigger and you think bigger than like everybody else. Yes. That's why I wanted more for you, yeah. Senator Corleone, like yeah. all of that, because it's like you have the capacity yeah. to think out bigger yeah. than like your little world. You're right. He didn't shield him. And that's I guess I took the words because that, at that moment he looked at him and like you could tell there was like a sadness in Don Corleone because he was like, I never wanted this for you. Exactly. But yes, like he wasn't the type because see, the thing is, um, one thing I have realized from wise men is that they know that they really can't tell another man what to do with their life. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It was never so much shielded, but he wasn't shielded, but he was, I think his dad knew what Michael was on and he was like, this guy's going to be the, the, you know, the one that takes us out, the, you know, like the John Kennedy yeah. of, of the family. And, it's very weird because, oddly enough, when the opportunity presented itself, as as like I said, sometimes life happens, it showed that he was very well equipped that, you know, obviously he could have been more on, on some like not on the mob type shit. But when it came time to run the family, he was the one that had to because yeah. he was just that smart. Like you said, he had the macro worldview and... and um it's crazy because you looked at him in the beginning. You could kind of tell he was kind of like, ah, that, that's not me. That's my family. Yeah. That's not me. That's my family. I'm my own person. I, from the outside looking in, you'd probably look at him. Like, oh yeah. You know, everyone's looking at probably Sonny as all oh, that's the next in line. Mm -hmm. That's the next in line. That's the next in line. And, and I, I don't know why I always remember that part about the movie because it's never about what people think you're gonna you are or if they think yeah you're supposed to be it's like whoever can outsmart whoever like yeah. it, if i you might actually it's kind of a weakness to be to be looked at sometimes as like oh this is the because now yeah that well, could make you big headed like sunny and if we dare venture into a another mob series with board boardwalk empire oh, yes. nucky Nucky knew that there was intrinsic value in not being the top guy, like not being, yeah, like he's, what was his position? It wasn't even like, it was like, uh, fuck. Cause he, I, when he was, was he, younger, was he, he county was, treasurer or no? Something like that. Something yeah. where he's not even like the top guy, but, but he was the, but he, behind yeah. the scenes, he was the top guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, there was a lot of power in that, like you said, because it's like, well, you don't have to, there's a, a good way to be able to maneuver everything. Yeah. And have a lot more control when you're in the limelight. You're limited. You know, yeah. Like you can't be. The he understood he could never run for president. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
and 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 you even see themes of that in Vice too, like like Dick Cheney, certain things like, oh, I'm the vice president. Everyone looks at Bush. Yeah. And and so there is a lot of. Uh, uh, actually, I don't know how we got into this, but it, it actually is a very good way of looking at things to burn down the forest. Like, how how would one do it? How would you? How would you even? set something like that up and i guess my question to you is like if you were to be in a situation like that how how would you look at that what would you what would be your philosophy going after the opposition and knowing that in order to beat them you have to in a way get wild like get like busy and it's 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 before you answer, think of it in the same way that Pusha T told uh, Drake. When, 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 uh, what the fuck? We're fucking saying movies, uh, music, but when he says that line about Drake, where he's like, uh, you, me, and Wheezy, and then he's like, uh, three, three caskets, we'll all go to hell, it'll be yeah. worth it, or it'll, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, always, I like that because it reminds me of that, but it's like kind of the burning of the forest. Like, I yeah. might give, I might die too, but. It'll be worth it. Yeah, like uh, I, 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 uh, it, we are getting into a lot, but it reminds me of um, remember, remember that song with P Diddy and Biggie of Victory is, and then it's just, it, uh, Diddy is like, uh, 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 how, how did it go? It's like um, something along the lines of uh, getting money together and fuck. Some something along those lines, and then Fifty when Fifty came out, oh yeah, he, they re, G Unit remixed the track, and yeah. then and then Fifty said like took the same rhyme pattern, but it, he was like when if the shit hits the fan, then we might as well die together, and like you could see how much more Fifty Cent had that philosophy of like I'm either gonna bring you down or like we're all gonna come down, yes, like, like and 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 you see. And and now I'm I'll, I'll delve into like answering your question. I really hate that I forgot the line, but I I can't I really just can't can't think of it right now. But the philosophy I think is that when it, I I think it, it it echoes the same philosophy of like Russ Cole from from True Detective. The world needs bad men because it keeps the other bad men from the door. Bad men in the sense of the capacity to be bad men. So sometimes you don't want to exude certain capacities, but you have to have that capacity to do the most good. So for instance, as as how this whole thing started was like from a reference in Batman if you see the way that Batman operates, Batman operated in a in a very in a very um he had a code that he he followed. Yes. But when he came across Joker who essentially has no code, he encountered an adversary that he has never he has never dealt with and he encountered things that he has never he he's never known how to deal with. So in it you see that Bruce is talking to to Alfred and he's saying, well, I just need to figure out what he wants 
criminals are simple. And you see right away, Alfred being the wiser, more experienced man. Who's seen a lot. Who has seen a lot, like kind of halts Bruce in his tracks and tells him, well, when I was in Burma with the mercenaries, we came across a bandit who was raiding caravans and taking rubies. And in all the six months that we were there or however long they were there, they never came across anybody that traded with the bandit. And one day I saw a little boy playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine he's like the bandit was throwing them out he was like like bruce was like well why steal them and he's like for sport he's like some men just want to watch the world burn sometimes when you're dealing with an adversary or sometimes when you're dealing with an entity that maybe they don't necessarily want to watch the world burn because i think that like the joker while he exudes that he doesn't have a code, to a certain degree he kind of does, but he likes to make it seem like he doesn't. I think a lot of times certain entities would have you believe that they are there to serve the greater good, but they are actually Mm self-serving. So in them self-serving, they are they are more or less operating with outside of the boundaries of like what certain principles would be ergo you res- you respond to it and you see it as oh well like you're doing something wrong and you're doing something that it to me strikes me as you're doing it for sport because it's self-serving this is not for the greater good this is not for like what it's supposed to be for and sometimes when you encounter this such an adversary, you have to you have to respond a certain way. And if not for even yourself, for what could happen after, like the precedent that could be set for this. And that's what you see later on in the dark night, where after somebody is killed that that is close to Batman, pretty much he realizes, okay, like now I know what I'm dealing with. Like, I don't have the blinders of, like, what it is that I'm dealing with. He's he's more or less defeated, but you could see he's just sitting down thinking. And then Alfred comes, and he's like, Alfred, you remember that story about the bandit you told me about? He's like, yeah. He's like, how did you catch him? He's like, we burnt down the forest. Yeah. Like, we we left him nowhere to hide. We, we caused so much fire and put so much smoke that, like, even though it could have essentially killed them from smoke inhalation or whatever we were going to bring all this shit down the bandit the forest everything so it was going to be like at the end like who is who who can who can do what and 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 what can happen and what the outcome will be if if we get super greasy and so and it's funny because i have been told stories by certain men of how there have been times where they've been like with game bangers or 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 whatever, and like they've been threatened and and they they've pretty much been like, ah, right, you got your gun, motherfucker, I got my shit. Like, what's up? Like, that's another another example of burning down the forest. Is one of those things. It's yeah. like, are you really about what you're about? Because I, we're gonna about to kick up so much dust that like someone it, might not come out alive. Like, so yes, it, it's it's gonna be bad for one of us. So. Is it worth it to you as much as it's worth it to me right now? Yeah. And so I think obviously we don't want to live in a world where like a man constantly has to do that. But I think as a man, you definitely need to have the capacity 
to do that. Yeah. And in a in a in a real world example, like I've I've had to do that at times in my life, especially in high school, where I've 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 kind of had to out strategize yeah. teachers and stuff because of a because of certain situations and and what have you. And it's necessary. Is necessary. So I I think to answer your question, I would say that once you know that you're dealing with an adversary that when and where it's required and you see that like their their code of ethics isn't isn't on par with anything then yeah i, I don't i i think that's when like you're warranted to to yeah. to to kick up dust 100% oh yeah that shit is that shit is great that's a great ass story though that school one i don't know if Oh, I mean, it, it's pretty great. That is like, great. Like, like, I, it's like I know it's gonna be kind of. I don't want to get I mean, off topic, I'll, but I'll, I'll streamline it. I'll yeah. streamline it. So I, I think I might have told it on the podcast. You, you before, might, have. but if I did, it was many episodes ago. Yeah. So for the newer <laughs> listeners, so pretty much quick backstory. Uh, in high school, I didn't get to go to high school with all of my neighborhood friends. So didn't get to go to high school. With RX Phonics here, didn't get to high school, get to go to high school with a bunch of our friends. Mind you, I met some really good friends at the high school that I went to. Friends that are we still fuck with to this day, but at the time, obviously, initially, I didn't look at it like that. So I got sent to a military school on the other side of the city. So as I went to this military school, I found that. As I was developing my personality as a man and the principles and the characteristics that would lead me through life, I clashed with people, students and teachers alike. And every so often, it does happen. And and I've told people this, people that are like overly diplomatic, and I've told them that you do know that there are people that just who you are, who the core of you is, yeah. your soul, like they will automatically reject you because yeah. there's just too much of a class, whether it be a, a, a cultural class, it could be religious, it Actually, could be political. We had, we, had, uh, we, get a lot, we get, okay, we get a lot of very good reviews for this show. But there was one, and I remember there was one review that we got that was like a one star. But the way that they wrote that, you could tell. We struck a chord. We struck a chord. It was somebody, that is somebody that to our core despises us. And it ain't even us personally. They despise all that we represent. Yes. And I tell people that sometimes you have to be very aware, especially if you're a principled person, be very aware that you can encounter people that like despise you to your core because you are a representative of either everything that they may be insecure about, everything that they may not want to acknowledge about the world, everything that they may disagree with. You could be that thing. I was recently having a conversation with somebody in which 
we were juxtaposing what it's like to be the type of person that everybody likes versus the person that you either love them or hate them because those are two very different people the person that everybody likes is typically the person that it's like well you stand for nothing you fall for anything versus the person is like well not everybody likes me but like i'm a principled person yeah and the person that everybody likes is the oh the customer is always right and then the 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 other person is the person is like well the customer doesn't even know what they want until you show them what they want. Those are like the Kanye's and the Steve Jobs of the yes. world. It's like, because Steve Jobs has has a quote in, in the movie. Well, Michael Fassbender has a quote as he plays Steve Jobs in, in the movie Steve Jobs where he talks about how the person that made up that quote, the customer is all, always right. He's like, I assure you was a customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in that same conversation, I was talking about how it's so crazy that Steve Jobs always created things and was the mind behind things that people never even knew they wanted because, and just a quick little story. Uh, 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 this is to, my fault. I'm to, sorry. No, 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 I keep this, fucking, is shit. this is good shit. This is what the show is about. Yeah. <laughs> but but how how originally, like everybody was like losing their shit over yeah. Apple removing the headphone jack. Oh, and yes. now... It's sort of like it's, it was so forward thinking. It, it, now it's sort of like you're you kind of seem a little unsophisticated if you have a headphone yeah. jack. It's like, like what? It, what are you doing? Exactly. And so my point is, is sometimes yeah. people don't even know what they want, and, and yeah. until they get it, and then also certain things force you to push things forward. Yes. Removing the headphone jack is a is is like removing a crutch. Yes, at first it may hurt, but it opens the door for so many more possibilities. Yes. Removing the crutch opens the door, opens the possibility to walk, opens the possibility to run, opens the possibility to rollerblade, opens the possibility to skateboard. Removing the headphone jack opened the possibility for wireless charging, wireless headphones, more like Bluetooth advancement, like all of these things. Yeah. So it, it it was essentially technologically a crutch. Yeah. So to sort of to sort of to sort of backtrack everything, you compare those two type of, of people and you had what I learned in high school, what I was becoming. I was becoming the guy that, well, I am going to speak my mind because you know what also like sparked it a lot? It was like the culture shock almost because I like I had my neighborhood. I knew my neighborhood. And I had always been around the city, different parts of the city on the west side with my dad, by Cabrini Green, like Inglewood. Like like I, I knew the city, but I had never spent as, as much as I was in these different parts of the city, I would be with my dad. But this was the first time that I actually got to spend a significant amount of time with people from all over the city because these were people from all over the city that were sent to this military school so i quickly learned it it quickly makes you learn who you are because it's like oh i don't fuck with that i don't fuck with that because when you're from your place you know what your people are about yes when you're you know so it's like you never really have to have those views challenged so much to the point where even with teachers it, it, it became an issue so what ended up happening is I ended up I ended up um, 
clashing with this one teacher that just pretty much despised me. And it was a teacher that had so much control over that particular department, which was algebra two, that there was no way around it because she even taught she even taught uh, summer school. So algebra one, I struggled, but I had big baby with me. He helped me get through that class. And our teacher was pretty decent. Geometry, it was pretty easy for me. Algebra two, struggled, tried my best, but was despised by this teacher. And pretty much she told me she's not going to help me. I was wasting the class's time and that don't think I'm ever going to pass because she even teaches summer school. So there was really no escaping her pretty much. So... I was like, damn, well, you people are like, this is crazy. My back's against the wall and I have to do something like unprecedented to, to get out of this. So hence burning down the forest. You called Donnie T. So my burning down the forest was I came across, well, I, I requested not from my school, but from another school, your school. Yeah. <laughs> It was I, wild, I, man. Your school. I went to I went to your school, <laughs> and I requested a, a Chicago Public School student handbook. Yeah. And in the handbook, I looked at like everything, and I found nothing in there that said yeah. that you can't take a night school class somewhere else. Somewhere else, even though you have yet to fail the the, the that same class in in like in your normal session in in your regular school. So I scraped up the money. I paid for it because you had to pay for it. And every, I want to say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday after school, got on the bus, came, came to your, your high school. Nobody knew about this. My parents didn't even know. Nobody knew about it. And I started to take, I started to take Algebra 2 while I was taking Algebra 2 in high school, in my regular day, day high school. Coincidentally... And that's how you know, like, you know, like when you're doing something, like God will kind of like lead you. Yeah. The teacher that I had was a teacher from Kelly High School that was super cool with one of our friends because I don't know how we got into the conversation, but she she knew Oscar. Oh, yeah. Because Oscar went to Kelly. And so she was like, oh, you, I don't, oh, because I, she, because I asked her, I was like, I was like, um, uh, you know, we got into conversation. I asked her what school she taught. And I said, well, one of my friends goes goes there, my friend Oscar. Yes. And then she's like, Oscar? And then and she's like, what's his last name? And I'm like, Oscar Neve. And then she's like, she's like, with the big hair? Because, you know, he <laughs> yeah, always had that big ass hair. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, he's awesome. Like, you know, and Oscar's a people person. Yeah. So, like, you know, she, she, she liked him. You, you're one of the guys. And, and so then, and so then I also, uh, I'll never forget, there was this dude, he, uh, I only knew him by Buna, like he, he was a crazy, crazy, like into the gang Blackstone. He called yeah. himself Buna Black. Yeah. One of the realest down to earth dudes. And I don't know why I always like click with like guys like that. Like, yeah. like the motherfuckers <laughs> that like you would never expect. Like this is like a hardcore gang banging ass motherfucker, but like it was just like super cool with me. He used to call me Barack because like, oh, I, like yeah. I had like the, he used, he was like, I kind of had like a little bit of a Barack Obama thing going. Yeah. And so he was like, he's, ah, oh, Barack, Barack, man. 
What's crazy is the dude was a whiz at algebra. He was one of those guys that you could tell that if he had the right guidance, he probably would have went a different way in life because that shit, yeah. the only reason he ever failed algebra too was because he just didn't he, he, didn't he just didn't go to class. He yeah. just wasn't applied. But the issue was easy. He's like, oh, Barack, you don't tell me you're struggling. He's like, yeah. how you a Because at the time, Barack Obama was only a senator. Yeah. He's like, how you a senator? And like, you yeah. don't even like, you know how to do this. <laughs> I'm like, stupid. I'm like, what? Well, please help because I don't, like, I don't need your, your I don't need your sidebar, and then and then uh, and then, like he would always crack jokes because obviously I would show up in my military uniform, and he was like he's ah like, oh, man Barack out there fighting wars and shit like all time. so we would we would it was a ball like the so mind you to the audience you're welcome that I made this motherfucker tell the like, story so so mind you mind you the whole time like I got this dude he's helping me yeah I got this cool ass teacher she's not giving me a pass but she's like understanding that I'm struggling with the shit and like you know and on top of that she wants to help me so all of that stuff I end up passing algebra 2 with a b Boom. Nice. Like I, I, I got I, I I get I get a B in algebra two. Yeah. L- and ladies and gents, ladies and gents, the story gets spicier. Yes, it does. It Please does. continue, sir. So so I, I I I get a B and the it's time for for the for the grades to go in yeah. and the system in my school shows that i have an f no it it shows that i have a b even though i was given an f yeah so the shit hit the fan because the teacher my algebra two teacher at my school at my high my home high school lost her shit and she got to saying that i i hacked the system all kind of craziness let me tell you the production that it was so much that they called my mom and like they were saying they were going to arrest me, which mind you was like about the third time that I had been threatened to get arrested. You got actually got arrested in high school twice. There was there was three times that I was about to get arrested. But <laughs> but this particular time and and mind you, at the time. My mom had it up to here because like I wasn't the best student um, I wasn't disruptive though. Like, like I was the kid that like the real teachers rocked with me and the ones that didn't like what I was about. I, I feel like they saw me as like, honestly, it's going to sound funny. I saw, I feel like they saw me as like a young version of what people see Trump today. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was yeah, like, I, like, I feel it. like that's what they saw in me. And like, yeah. it's just like, Oh, like, like, fuck this kid. Like, we must kill him. Yeah, it's like it's like the, like the motherfucker travel back through time. Kill him now because the future, like you're not gonna <laughs> like the future he brings. So so um so anyway, Great. my mom had had it up to here with with everything. On top of the fact that like not not to like mince word, my grandfather was dying. Yeah, and so it was one of those things where. It just wasn't the time for her. And like, she pretty much, I don't know if I would say give, gave up, but she was like, well, your father's going to handle it. Like, I just, I can't right now. She was and highly overwhelmed. More or less. Yeah. yeah. And so my dad, who 
by and large throughout the larger part of my life never was like all that involved with the econ- the the academic side of things yeah. so he's kind of like well i mean i hope you didn't do this shit like because <laughs> like, this is gonna be no really and then bad. i remember he, he told he's like just let me know no yeah he did yeah. he did but that wasn't the only time he said there were a few occasions where he told me just be honest with me let yeah. me know because i don't know if i gotta get you a lawyer like what <laughs> so that way we could start planning and then, and then i was like i was like don't worry i got this but I never told them my plan. And and I, I, I was telling my mom this the other day. I was like, the reason I never told my plan was because for a few reasons. One, I had my friends. Like I had Donnell. I had Big Baby. But I was, I was alone. Like, not in the sense that I didn't have them because they were my guys. They still are my guys. And I had you guys like in the neighborhood, yeah. but I was alone in the sense that like, I thoroughly didn't want to be in this place. My, my grandfather was dying and it was just kind of like, a, it was really, I would say like a make or break time in my life. So I really kind of had the sentiment of like, well, I'm alone, like I don't really care like like what anybody thinks or whatever, but like whatever whatever the outcome of this is, this is gonna be a show you people never forget. Yeah. Like it, this is gonna be a tough act to follow. Yeah. That's pretty much like like what I was what I was on. Yeah. So I didn't I never cared to show my cards to anybody. I was yeah. like, you know what? Like this is like I I, I want to burn down the forest. I want I want everybody in this room. I want the dean, the teacher, my dad, the counselor, the police, like everybody. Like everybody. Like we're let's And then we're all just in the back and like, kid, what the fuck is you on? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and it's funny because like that's that's like you've you've mentioned before how like throughout the years you you've realized about me that it's like I'm one of those people like I always kind of have like a plan like it's yeah. like you never like it's like okay well what the fuck dude is dude doing right now <laughs> but like there's something yeah. so so that's that's what it was so boom we go we go there and we're all there and she's fucking flinging her accusations towards me and everything and so the guy, he brings up like the, the database, the CPS grading database. And she's like, and she has her, the assignments, the logs, everything pretty much there to substantiate that there is no way that I could have, could have a B in algebra two. This is bullshit, this, that, and the other. And then I was like, and so everybody's there questioning me. And I was like, I passed it. Yeah. I passed and then they're like, oh, <laughs> and, 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 and like, at this point, you're toying with no, them. I am 100% <laughs> burning down the forest. I was, I was like, I, I, I don't like, I, I passed. And then she was like, she's not, I, and I was like, remember Miss Hadna? Oh, fuck, I didn't want to put her name out, but it's out there. Fuck yeah, it. As yeah. like, as like, uh, my high school teacher said, I wouldn't be shit. Tell that bitch that I turned out just fine. <laughs> no, we're not from the same bloodline. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I was like, Miss Hadna, listen. 
I told you not to worry. Remember, like when you said I wasn't gonna pass and everything like that. I told you not to worry. Like as I, and I, I was being, I was being sarcastic. I was yeah. like, I know you're concerned, but like I told you not to worry. And so she was getting red and all mad and everything like that. Well, as the as all of that is transpiring and the guy is bringing up the database. Yeah. He's like, well, it says B, but right under it, it says Gage Park High School. By the way, that's some Arnold Rothstein shit, (laughs) like what you were doing. (laughs) So right under it, it says says Gage Park High School. And then she's like, see, he couldn't even do it right. He couldn't even put, you know, and then, and then I was like, I was like, no, I was like, I, I went, I went to Gage Park and I took night school. I was like, I was so certain that you were going to fail me that (laughs) That I and I didn't want to go to summer school, especially not through you. Yeah. That I started taking night school classes before I even failed the class. And I even looked up if you could even do that. And it turns out you can. Yeah. Because night school was nobody ever did night school unless they had already failed the class. Yeah. And that was the 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 standard procedure, yeah. but there was nothing written that said that it had to be that. Basically, way. you were telling them you don't need a headphone jack, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like the headphone jack that you're so reliant upon, you don't need it. So so, boom, and then and so then my dad was like, "But when and when?" I'm like, "I I I I scraped up the money, I paid the class, I've been going since such and such date, and I passed and." And and here and here we are. I have a B. Bitch, I win. More or less. And then and then, you know, it was one of those things where like you're 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 not operating decent. I wouldn't say I'm operating indecent, but like I'm operating obviously outside the realm of the norm, but you made me like I had, I had no choice and I'm not just going to let you win. Yeah. And so you fucked up by telling me, by by showing me your cards. And honestly, what I would say is that I always thought that it was possible that they could void the class because for whatever reason, maybe possible. That's a risk. It was a risk, but also the way that I looked at it is even if they did, I've caused enough, I've brought enough attention to the situation where it would at least make them question, well, how could he get a B over here and you gave him an F? Yeah. Then that would open the door for them to listen to me more. Be like, okay, yeah. well, how am I able to get a B here? And she failed. So it at least would make like. It would it, make her look very bad. Yeah. Like, okay, well, what happened here? Because obviously he has the capacity. So did you not work with him? And then I could be like, well, yeah, she didn't work with me. She wouldn't let me raise my hand, all this and all that. Yeah. But there was no way I could bring that to the forefront without burning down the forest. Yeah. How did she concede? She never did. I mean, nope. her look, the her look conceded, but no, nah, there was no, there was never no apology. Or, she just had, she just had to accept it, basically. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was, and and like leave the room, and and I went about, I went about my day, and fucking, uh, uh, me and Danielle and Big Baby celebrated with a trip to Southtown. Remember Southtown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And 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 that was, and that was it. And you know what? The, the wildest shit is that. Is that uh? Is that I that day? Like I I I was I was I was going around and like I was just I, I obviously like very you know in a in a playful manner 
is like just being like fucking with the guys being like man you can't talk to me like that man i'm also gotta be in algebra too like you can't i'm up for i'm like man i'm gonna be an astrophysicist <laughs> obviously yeah. n- never even like wanting that but it was just kind of egging the whole thing on but man. but yeah sometimes sometimes it, it, it definitely is necessary to be able to do that and i think sometimes certain entities really ought to be careful yeah because you could get a person that is just kind of like willing to fight for their cause but what happens if you cross a type of person that just kind of likes to do things for sport yeah i always think of it like and I, that's why I always I always remember that Dave Chappelle line. And obviously, it was in a comedy sketch, and it was in no way, shape, or form in that context when he's like, "They never should have gave you niggas money." Yeah, <laughs> we're those guys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we, like you do not want us to have some form of power in the sense of like, in the sense of you, in the sense of you fucking with us. Yeah, because I I don't think like I think we've had plenty of examples of especially like in our business endeavors of having power, but never like being heavy handed about yes. it. Like, cause we're not, we're, that's not in our nature. I think it's just more of a, well, if you are going to take it to that level. Yeah. You're in for a yeah, like, treat. Exactly. Yeah, man. I wonder, I wonder if, I wonder if that bitch every now and again thinks about <laughs> that moment in life. <laughs> She got her ass ended by a high school kid. Well, we'll never know. But yeah, that shit is uh, that shit is wild. But I, that's why I wanted you to tell the story because it's like a, to me like a perfect example of what it means. You were kind of on the brink, and like really, what high school kid is gonna think? Of, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But that's how you should always think. Like, you should always think like. You, they think I can't do that, so then I will do that. Yeah, uh, like, and you have to have that boldness and also understanding of your opponent. Big time, big time. And 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 before we we get into understanding of the opponent, because I think that's very important. I found the the P Diddy lyrics for the victory song, and then we're gonna compare them to the motherfucker that is of burning down the forest philosophy. So P Diddy's version is, "The sun don't shine forever." But as long as we're here, then we might as well shine together. That's his version of it. When 50 Cent hit the scene, he said, yes. the sun don't shine forever. But when the shit hits the fan, then we might as well die together. Yeah. Very much like a different philosophy right there. And I remember resonating so much with that, like that notion of, you can never really defeat me because I'm so willing to go down with this shit yeah. that like you can't like what can you really do? It it I will always I will always exude far more less to lose than you because like this shit doesn't really like mean that much to me. Yes. Fifty Cent has as much honor as that German soldier and Inglorious Bastard before getting beat down. By the bear Jew. The bear Jew, the, the, they have them. They have them there, and they're like, "Listen, if you don't give up where these motherfuckers are, we're gonna, we're gonna fucking kill you, and we're gonna beat you down, and we're actually going to enjoy 
seeing you get beat down. And then dude's like, fuck you. And you're Jew dogs. And you're Jew dogs. And then all of a sudden you hear the bear Jew with the bat comes in. And right before he hits him, it's some stone cold, just Sergio Leone ass shit. That, and Quentin Tarantino has always said that Sergio Leone was one of his favorites. He 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 has the bat and he kind of points at him and he says, the metal, one of his medals. He's like, yeah. he's, he's like, like, you get that for killing Jews? Yep. He's like, no, honor. And like you could tell in that moment, the bear Jew respects him. Yeah. And then fucking kills his ass, beats yeah. him to death. But it was like that moment of like, damn, this motherfucker. Well, that's the thing. That that's the thing about an opponent that you respect versus. One that that you don't. There's yes. a there's a there's a vast difference yeah. between between the two things. And then the one that you don't respect. Yeah. The one that you respect, it almost kind of is like, damn, like, all right, I guess I got to do this. And like, you see the bear Jew, like he, sh- you see that in his body language, like, yeah, I got to do this. Like, yeah. not necessarily like a want, but it's just like, it, I, this has to be done. Yes. Versus. When it's an opponent you don't respect, it's like now I just want to fuck with you. Yes. Like now I I want to have fun with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 wild, man. Our reference to all this shit it goes to show like what we're into. Reference but, game proper. Hell yeah. But but I think it it, it was good because it, it explained, I think every every aspect, right? Or did we miss anything? Well, no, you said you kind of wanted to go over knowing your opponent. But even, like, the whole Bear Jew and German thing is goes into that, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it goes into it. Um, I mean, we don't got to spend a lot of time on it. But I think that it's important to know your opponent. Because by knowing your opponent, you know exactly how to burn down the forest, if you will. Yes. Because, I mean, you don't just go around burning down forests. Like, you have to know, like, what can possibly work. And you don't even always know what will work, but it's just one of those things that you have to somewhat know. Like, for instance, I, with with the example that I gave in the story that I told with the teacher, I knew that she was getting a kick out of failing me. I knew that she was going to fail me. I knew there was nothing that I can do. No amount of studying no amount of anything because she just wasn't rocking with me and I just wasn't retaining the shit. I wasn't retaining it and there was just no way around it. And it got to the point where I know I didn't even seek help anymore because I saw that it was just not futile. It, it was futile, 100%. So in that, in knowing her, knowing like what she planned to do, knowing how she operates and knowing like what was important to her, which was me not passing, I was like, okay, well... How can I pass? Is there anything that I can do? Anything? And and as I well, summer school. Fuck, but fuck, I don't want to do summer school. Fuck that shit. And then I was like, well, night school, I could work that out. But then, don't I have to fail? I was like, well, do I have to fail for? It? And then like the brain gets going. Yeah. And that goes back to the the quote that I said of. Like you give a man like you know yeah. he could be dangerous if you give him time to think. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it was. Like I pretty much just thought and thought and thought, and then like I something something popped up. Yeah, yeah, and 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 anything anything that you really look at st- strategy. A lot of time is spent not losing, but biding your time, right? Yeah. Like 
Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, most of the time he loses the first couple rounds, but he's just retaining information. He's not really losing. He's yeah. just retaining information. Yeah. He's like, okay. He tends to move his head to the left every time he hits you with the yes. hook. Okay. All right. I'm going to fall back because I think that he does that a lot, but let's let's see three, four rounds in. Oh, shit. He also does this. Oh, he's going to keep hitting me with this uppercut, yeah. but then he's open. All right. And then that's when boom, 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 boom. One beautiful example is how he beat down Ricky Hatton. Ricky Hatton was kind of an unorthodox type boxer, kind of brawler, uh, just in your face, dirty. And in the beginning of the fight, it, he seemed to overpower him. Not so much out finesse him because he was not like a finesse fighter, but he just was like a real down and dirty type fighter. And then and it was, all right, cool, whatever. You could tell he felt uncomfortable. And then as soon as he started seeing the the, the dude's like um, tendencies, he got him with that what they call a check hook. Came in with a wild ass, uh, I think a wild left, mm-hmm. and he just kind of fell back. And a check hook is kind of meant for you to make a miss, and then you just you check him mm-hmm. you, and hit him, knocked him down, and it was over. And it was like time and time again you saw. The finesse in his game, yeah, and and if you implement that type of mentality, also in war, in war, you know there's battles you're gonna lose, but you also know that you need to lose that battle to gain information and maybe sometimes bide some time, yeah, and it's it's kind of one of those situations in war where like people might not want to accept it, but like you you know that the soldiers you're sending are not coming back. But you have to look at the macro view. Yes, we're taking the loss now, but what are we what are these men dying for? What have they accepted to die? Because like back then during you know the World War uh one, World War Two eras, men knew what they were getting themselves into and they knew that they were willing to die for country. Now, you know, that might seem a lot more foreign. Yeah. But so, so you as a general, you needed to decide like, okay, well, we're, we got to go this route, you know, perfect example was Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's such a, such a crazy movie. And we've talked about it before, the finest hour, which was another movie about the same situation, but from uh Winston Churchill's perspective. And it's like to strategize, man, is to, to know a lot, but also to know that you have to take a momentary loss to win in the grand scheme of things you know so that's that's it's crazy but it's 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 all of this really is a philosophy of war like everything we talked about so far on this episode is like some art of war shit you know yeah but a very necessary thing and 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 also most importantly in understanding that war is an all-time thing when you're at peace you're at war you know you don't know it but you have to be prepared right and there there's also and i think that could serve as a perfect segue into the 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 financial uh topic because there's different types of warfare and 
to echo the sentiment that you just shared about the preparation, I think that's why financial freedom is such a is such a big thing for so many people is because obviously there's certain wars that your finances will never be able to fix like if you know it's like health or like certain things that you may be going through that then no ma- no matter the amount of money like it can't it can't make it better but financial freedom can help you in fighting many other types of wars fucking yeah. wars in in relationships wars of like employment like if yeah. you're if you find yourself in a job that you don't like or working for people that you don't like or or you know you take that philosophy and realize okay well I don't always want this in my life like I I need to prepare and 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 get myself to a, a better position and all of this stems from this tweet that I recently came across that I would like to share because I think that it's pretty stellar it's like three financial rules worth sharing your rent and mortgage, rent slash mortgage should be less than what you make a week. Only borrow money to make money. And as your income increases, your cost of living should decrease or stay the same. Follow these three rules and you'll find financial freedom. I actually find that most people actually do the opposite of each one of those yeah, lessons. Sadly, yes, you're correct. And then the same guy goes on to say this. He's like, there's an easy way to tell if you're losing the money game. Does your the car you drive cost more money than what you have in the bank? If it does, you're losing. There's no room to argue it. If you drive a $31,000 car but don't have $31,000 in the bank, that's hustling backwards. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a war of ideologies. If you think about it, and that's how you should look at it, because but those three rules yeah. in and of itself not only are for are for financial freedom, but it, it it's also it makes you recession proof. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even before we get into that, like what you said in the beginning, the financial uh, aspect of it. That's what the Cold War was. It was a financial war. We're gonna outspend you, and we're gonna we're gonna create more nuclear bombs, and we're gonna wait till your ideology breaks, and it started breaking. All the dominoes started breaking around the Soviet Union, yeah, and there was nothing left, and we win, bitch, because the ideology was that of let these motherfuckers, let this this free money market, let's do it, let's, yeah. let, I'm gonna outspend you. Imagine saying that to somebody like, "Oh, you want to go?" Like you watch a lot of again to these mob movies. I remember in in uh, Grand Theft Auto Three, it's all about oh, we can't keep being at war because it's expensive. We can't do this because now the cop. But it's because like, can you really? How long can you last without making money? What is this pandemic? Well, and and that's and that's the thing, and I think it's very important what you mentioned the 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 philosophy and ideology. Because the ideology of communism is everything is ran by the government 
Everything belongs to the government. Wildly inefficient, wildly inaccurate, and just pure, purely wrong. At the time of the Cold War, you had a lot more reliance on the people in the terms of capitalism, growth, and everything. So the outspending thing is not so much like in a in an arrogant way, like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna outspend you, I can, and this is like two broke motherfuckers flaunting. Be, oh, whose chain is bigger? It ain't that. This is my ideology. My philosophy is such that I can spend and spend and spend because this system replenishes and replenishes and replenishes. So not only do I win the Cold War, but I also show the world that like the shit that you're on is just is just weak. And I think that a lot of people across the board really ought to look at certain people's philosophies more often and sort of dictate, well, what works and what doesn't. But so many people don't do that. So many people just kind of stick with what they know, who they've been raised around or who they've been raised by, and they just take that and they run with it versus sort of really analyzing the world around them and being like, okay, this works, this doesn't, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's I think there's a lot to be said about that. And then also stepping away from the the titles of things because I like it, it reminds me of, of like what we were talking about earlier about how sometimes like well the, the example of like Nucky like in, in Boardwalk Empire how he wasn't the top dog but he was really the one calling the shot like in, in the limelight he wasn't the top dog but behind the scenes he was the one call, calling the shots I think so, well and then also with what we talked about in pre-production with Aaron Clary's book how he talks about some of the smartest people he ever came across were 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 uh security were guards. security guards yeah. because it's like they work the night shift, they're getting paid, but they're also planning, learning about their endeavors, whether it be investments or business or or both or or whatever. And he's like, You got these security guards that they're making so much money because of everything that they're working on. Yeah. And then you got some guy coming in that has a title and it's just like, oh, you know, yep. er- everybody like thinks one way, but but it, it really isn't, it really isn't the case. You know what? From what you're saying, I remember, uh, I think I might have talked about it in one of the episodes. When I did security, I found it amazing how a lot of Polish people and I'm saying like Polish people that didn't speak a lick of English or barely had cleaning companies and lucrative cleaning companies. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm here and I'm not saying it's bad to be a security, but I'm like, damn, there's a lot of people that are half papers of known English their whole life. Most people I know never thought yeah. about something as simple as Oh, let me start a cleaning company. Not too much capital. You know, you get a couple 
you know, things, you get a truck, you get, you get the insurance, you know, not, you don't need a lot of capital for, 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 for that, but then word of mouth. Yeah. And I found it amazing that like people don't catch on to things like that. Something as, as, as little, you know, something as simple as dog walking. That's a thing downtown. Yeah. You go to New York downtown, Chicago, probably uh, L.A. Oh, yeah, I have a dog walker. They're going to come at five. It's money to be made. Yeah. And it's, it's things that people don't even think about. And then all of a sudden, people have an empire. Like, I, I remember talking to a lady because I, I thought about opening a, a company and was actually very close to it. It didn't end up materializing. But, and I told I asked her because I just found it so amazing. I said, like, yeah, so how did you start this? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm six years in. Like, when we started, we were like, we, it was like nothing. Mm-hmm. And now, like, she had trucks. Wow. Trucks that would come in this, on some professional shit. She's like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I asked her, I was like, straight up, like, you, I'm thinking of, like, looking into it. And and and, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll, I'll show you, you know, like, some, some of the stuff. But it was just amazing how like five six years in, and she was she had her own see, empire. Yeah, and and see that's something that's scalable because while she can work and clean herself, but then she could also have other crews that do stuff, and then she takes a cut of that and everything like that. And that's what I'm talking about when we get into the these talks about financial freedom. Is I think that too many people are get caught up in like the either wage slavery or they get caught up in oh so and so makes so much a year so and so makes i find the more and more that i hear that sort of terminology i find that it's like lower middle and lower class that talks like that and upper middle and upper class it's not so much about that i think you will find more upper middle and upper class that have a lot more respect for a motherfucker that makes maybe forty, fifty thousand a year, but is like self sufficient in that forty, fifty thousand a year, versus a person that's like, oh, they make this much, but but they're a slave. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because the title, it's like you have a title and you're a slave, and like you really aren't making a dent in the yeah. universe. But this person. They're making a dent in the universe. They are where they're at. And it's scalable. They could be making $40,000, $50,000 a year now, but you might turn around two years from now, they may be making $350,000. And you'd yep. be like, wait, what? And you can never work enough hours in a day, even if you never sleep to make what they make because of... You 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 get what I'm saying? Because of yeah. the, 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 the... And produce. The, the different mindset. Yeah. yeah. Like, let alone, like, you're making the money, yes. But what you're producing and for your the value economy. to the market, yeah, yeah, the the intrinsic value to the market, one hundred percent. Yeah, like like yeah, you have a cleaning company, but you have employees that now have money and a job, and you know, and 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 if you have a or or, or if you have a, a a real you're in real estate, you know, there's a plumbing problem now. The plumber gets paid. The HVAC guy gets paid if if you need some stuff with that. Yeah, there's all these, you know, ways that you don't even know that you affect the market from the onset until yeah. you really look at it. You're like, damn. And I think that it's important for people to to recognize that because it, it's almost as though 
if you're planning to advance, those rules you follow will help you advance. And if you're planning to advance and something fucks up and, and it collapses, then those rules you follow are what will keep you sustained. You know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. you can't necessarily advance because like, I would say in, in this time of the COVID-19, things are a little bit more difficult to advance because the uncertainty, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty. But by and large, we've learned that our model with finances we haven't lost sleep over anything because of that operation where yeah. we're seeing and reading that many people are losing sleep and, I, yeah, and are stressed yeah. out and, and, and going through a lot of stuff. So I, I didn't know this, uh, go but ahead. yeah, the model is also now pandemic proof. We obviously were gauging it from a recession proof and it's kind of nice. To know that, oh, pandemic, it's also pretty sustainable. And we know it's recession-proof. So at that point, you're not looking at it from like, how the fuck am I going to get out of this? But let me weather this. Yeah. It's a different mindset. Like, Oh, wholly yeah. different mindset. Totally different. Let me give you an example. When we went to Mexico and we went fishing and I got fucked up like and i don't even know how we, we had we had to nurse you back to hell you were you were you were destroyed dude yeah that I was fucked up but you know i didn't think i was gonna die i just understood and i remember and i'll always remember this shit because because i the, the the like the we went to go fish but it was like like these like really dark mexican guys because that's all they do is they they fish mm-hmm. and i remember like we were fishing and 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 I don't even know how I got seasick because it was like the calmest of waters. And we took we all took vomicine, right? Yeah, were, yeah. The what do they call it? The drama, dramatrin or something. Dramamine or something like. Yeah. I I don't know. I know in Spanish they call it vomicine. Yeah. Because I always think of it like, sin vomita, like without vomit yeah. or vomicine. So I know we I knew we all we all took one of those. Yo ass is saying it like a motherfucker. This culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it's crazy because you know the Spanish version. That's like some shit that motherfuckers who travel and yeah. and seen shit. But but like when we went, I yeah I took it. But you know at the same time too, is you're not supposed to eat greasy shit. And that night, we were eating all these tacos. Yeah, remember we we all went like it was like one in the morning. We went to that taco joint around the corner, and, and like, the tacos were so cheap and so delicious. Yeah, and there was some wild that shit on the TV, like some oh, warp. Remember yeah. that warp that shit? Yeah, it was that shit had us tripping because this is like some Twilight Zone shit that was on the TV. But anyway, we're there. And I remember the the like you guys are fishing, but then you guys are kind of like, damn, we probably got to go back. And the Mexican guys are like, oh, okay, this is for us. Like, no, it, it just gets cool. It's cool. Because <laughs> I'm you, not gonna you ruin. Didn't wanna, you didn't want to be the one to to poop the party. Yeah. So I, you know, I didn't. We didn't stay the whole. Because uh, I think we we could have stayed like three more hours. We did like two, and then, <laughs> and then and then and then and then your ass kept throwing cold water, and that shit made me feel better. I don't know why the cold water like takes it away for a little bit. But like that's how it felt. Like oh, I just gotta weather this shit. <laughs> and, you were, and I'll be but alive. Like it, but the symptoms that you displayed 
were not even that of like seasickness. It's like you had like AIDS or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> like it was like some <laughs> damn. The weirdest. And then it was funny because I remember we, uh, me, Ernie, and Jimmy were cracking jokes about how like we were just gonna leave your ass in the ocean, yeah. just throw his body in the ocean. And like I couldn't even laugh because <laughs> I was so <laughs> fucked up. I was like. <laughs> And then I was just like, be still. And then you guys, and like, it was some wild, like, that was the wildest shit. Cause like, I remember seeing like octopus, like the guy caught the octopus. It was like the most surreal shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it, it, it does, it does, uh, it does happen. Like it, it's a very, um, it's like, uh, like feverish because I yeah. know, I know that because I remember when, when, I got sick the last time and it was real bad with the the one that I where I think that I might have had the COVID-19 already. Oh yeah. I remember vividly I was watching my iPad. I was watching of all movies Lighthouse oh. on my iPad. I was eating smart corn and I could feel the fever coming. Like I I could feel it coming and you do it's things start to get a little wacky. Yeah. And and so like I'm watching Lighthouse and then I always and then it's always those things like when you have these like feverish moments that really stand out like for instance like the thing that stuck out to me and it just was echoing my, in my brain was how w- Willem Dafoe's character kept calling the other guy lad. He's like, "Don't what are you on? What are you doing, lad?" Like just like, all the time <laughs> lad, lad, lad. Yeah. And so that like would echo in my mind and it just kind of reminded me when you said how you remember the, the octopus like wrapping around the guy's hand because I remember that. Yeah. And I mean you were you were you were all fucked up. Now what I don't remember is when we got back to land, did you yeah. instantly feel better or Yes, did... instantly. Like it took like five seconds. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> like so I got I got you get out and then and then you're like oh and then all of a sudden it just goes away like gradually <laughs> that's so wild yeah it's the weirdest like being seasick is the weirdest shit because it's like almost instant relief when you get to shore yeah but the thing is like that was the first time i got seasick with calm waters because like i remember the first time i went fishing that shit was like some life or death shit like the boat was going so <laughs> sideways and like it was like some like <laughs> some shit like you see in movies like yeah. oh we're gonna die get the anchor <laughs> like some fucking yeah. lighthouse shit like you, you remember like when the waves were hitting get and- the anchor lad <laughs> get the anchor lad <laughs> why did you spill your beans <laughs> <laughs> and, like that shit and then we're fucking getting and we're getting all types of salmon and it's like and I'm fucking dying and I'm throwing up but but you know that was realistic like it was so uh, you got motion sickness because it was like literally like going like this and like you saw the like you going down yeah and then even uh because i at that time i went with uh i went with ernie mm-hmm. and ernie was really pale <laughs> like so you could tell like i was like hey you're gonna get sick too man you're gonna throw up and he's like he's like nah man <laughs> and like i guess you gotta look towards the horizon Oh. To kind of get feel better, and but like he was like really pale, <laughs> and like he but he didn't throw up. <laughs> so I did yeah. a whole lot, but it it was it was wild. But that's how I how, that's how I feel like right now during the pandemic, I I could liken it to when I was seasick. Like I know I'm gonna weather it. I'm not gonna die from being seasick, but it's the fuck. I just gotta weather it. Mm-hmm. I gotta weather it. It's a different feeling when you know that. 
as opposed to like you're free falling as a like, damn. You, and you don't know when when do we hit the bottom. Yeah. yeah big I'm time. gonna go splat. <laughs> big time. Yeah. Good metaphor for finances. That's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep on listening. So keep on listening. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, and Google. If you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging With Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.